Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. If we have yet to meet, my name is Mark. I am the pastor here at Hope Church, and I am thrilled to see each and every one of you here this morning. And if you're worshiping with us online, a very warm and special welcome to you as well. We are glad that you chose to make uh, worship of God here at Hope Church part of your weekly routine uh, and part of your spiritual discipline as we are all on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And these types of gatherings are so critically important. We want you to know how thrilled we are that you are here. We have a very special treat this morning. Uh, our friends from Live 2540 are here, and in particularly, uh, Pastor Andy Postel. Uh, yeah. Some of y'all know Andy. Uh, apparently, Jimmy even likes Andy, so that's good. <laughs> Maybe trying to get me out. But but yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's possible. That's possible. Uh, Andy was telling me a story earlier that he was on a mission trip to Venezuela from Hope Church in 2001 when he got his call to ministry uh, and has served here at Hope Church. And then when he left Hope Church, he went to go start church at the well, which is the church from which I came from when I came here to Hope, so we have kind of a, uh, a commingling of our ministry family trees, but it was there on that mission trip uh, that when he got his call to ministry that his trip to Church at the Well helped introduce him to Daryl and Chrissy Roberts, who are the founders of Live 2540, and they could not be with us today because uh, they've had uh, a lot going on in their ministry. They've, they've been very, very busy, but we've been looking forward to this visit from Live 2540, uh, and so for those of you who've seen the Love shirts and the Mia shirts and things like that, if you've been wondering how you can get one, uh, I'm sure you probably saw them in the lobby. Uh, if not, they're also available online. There's a link to that in the Hope Church Plus app. So if you've not yet pulled out your Hope Church Plus app and would like to follow along with what's happening today. Uh, we don't have follow notes or anything like that, but uh, you're certainly welcome to do so. And of course, our info guide has other information as well. But if you will, give me a warm welcome to Pastor Andy as we uh, kick off our Live 2540 Celebration Sunday here at Hope Church. Welcome, Andy. Welcome, Claire. I think Claire's still out in the lobby, but uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad that you're here at Hope Church this morning. Welcome, Andy. It is great to be back. It's been, we were uh, amazed the other, we were standing out there and Claire were, pointed out that we left uh, 18 years ago, and so it's hard for us to imagine as we come back, see so many familiar faces, uh, but it's great to be here with y'all. Thank y'all very much for having us. Hey, fantastic. So Hope Church uh, has was introduced to Live 2540 uh, back in 2020 when I first made my uh, made my first introductions here to the church, uh, but we have some new folks here with us as well, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Live 2540. It's been part of our mission emphasis, but share a little bit about from your vantage point since you're now with Live 2540. Okay, so uh, Live 2540, it started 15 years ago uh, as a mission organization. It was called at that time Orphan Aid Liberia, and uh, we had a gentleman in our church who went on a mission trip just like I did in Venezuela. He went to Liberia. Uh, and felt really called to 
do something about what he saw. And he went to work with an orphanage there, and so uh, he began to come back and say, what can I do to, to help solve uh, the problems of, of orphans and those who are hungry in Liberia? And so he came back and just began to share that story. And so it literally has started 15 years ago in Cartersville and just continue to try to get out and, and let people know, uh, just one person uh, at a time, what, what he saw and then what we're trying to accomplish. That ministry changed to Live 2540. Uh, it's based on the passage uh, in Matthew 2540 where Jesus tells the disciples, uh, whatever you do for the least of these, uh, you do for me. And if you're not familiar with that passage and you've heard it and you don't kind of know the context, this is Jesus talking to the disciples, uh, saying at the end, I'm going to separate the sheep and the goats and how I'm going to do that, and you're going to be thankful for that, the disciples, because how I'm going to do that is when you fed me, when you visited me in prison, you are going to be blessed as a result of that. But they were confused because they were like, when did we visit you in prison? When did we feed you? When did we give you water? And he said, whenever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And so these are Jesus's words telling us... Um, how blessed we are as we do that for him. So the idea is we want you to live out the passage in Matthew 2540. And so it is live 2540. We changed the name because it we began to expand ministries. So no longer do we just simply serve Liberia. Uh, we serve other parts of the world. So we have feeding ministries in Ecuador, uh, in the Philippines, uh, in Burkina Faso, and also in Sierra Leone. But our primary emphasis is in Liberia with the main goal of ending malnutrition in Liberia. That is our singular focus uh, in Liberia is to end malnutrition. Wow, that, that's fantastic. So. Africa being a continent with multiple countries, and you mentioned a couple of them. So say a little bit more about Liberia in particular, because I know it really, really struck Daryl's heart when he was there. Yeah, what about Liberia? Yeah, I mean, so Liberia, one, it is to know that Liberia is one of the poorest countries in the world. Historically, Liberia ranks somewhere around fifth to eighth of the poorest countries. Uh, we work with a population group that is particularly vulnerable, so we work with malnutrition children and those who are medically uh, fragile, and so uh, we work with a particular population in that population. Um, and, and so when he went, he saw the the orphanage that had 67 children, he saw the, what they were living in, and kind of connected that to what would I do if that was was my child. And so he really felt called to, to minister to uh, the people in Liberia. For us, as you move around and as I talk to other groups, a lot of people, you know, when you think about why should we care about Liberia, um, well, one is we have a biblical command for that, right? I mean, so also Jesus tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that you're going to have power, and that power is going to send you to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The command is not you get to pick. Okay, well, I'm only going to care about Jerusalem, or I'm only going to care about the ends of the earth. It is a biblical command for us as the disciples of Christ to, to minister and care about people all over the world, including our community. So a lot of times people ask that question of like in a different way, which is we have so much need in our community, why should we 
go beyond. And I think that's the biblical command that we're called to do, to push ourselves outside. So we care for our community, like you do with blood drives, uh, the work with the children's home. Uh, those are things that we're taking care of in our community, and then we move beyond ourselves. But the other part that for me is really, um, it's the practical demand. We don't realize that everything about how we think and the way that we think church operates, we operate with what we know and what we understand. And so part of what I do is to try to help people realize a little bit of the difference in the, the culture of Liberia versus here. So in most communities, and I don't know if this is true at, at Hope or in Paulding County anymore, but there are typically if you're hungry, there's like food pantries that you can go and, and get food. Um, if you need clothes, a lot of times there are clothing shelters. Homeless can even go to homeless shelters that they're able to do. Churches will sometimes open up as warming places when it gets really, really cold. If there are disasters, then typically we rally around each other together. I remembered this morning I was thinking just like, I can remember when I was serving here, there was a family that's house burned. And some of you who were here then at the time, we, we literally rallied everything around and we had furniture and everything all put into the lobby where people were bringing stuff in. So that's how we tend to operate. But in other parts of the world, and particularly this is true in Liberia, they don't have food pantries, they don't have clothing shelters, they don't have um, drives to help each other. If somebody gets sick, nobody's bringing them a casserole. Um, and and that's, that's our experience, but in other parts of the world, that is not what they experience. Um, if you remember in James, James tells us that pure religion is to care for orphans and widows. And we read that and we go, okay, that's great sentiment. But the reality is, what we don't realize is that in that culture in that day, the reason that James tells us that is because orphans and widows are outside of the care system. There's nobody caring for orphans and widows in Jesus's day. And for us, that is hard for us to imagine, but it's everyday life in Liberia. I'm going to tell you a story that just recently happened, and it's a little disturbing, I'll be honest. Um, the beginning of April, we became aware of a young girl named Erica, and Erica is five years old. She's special needs. She can't walk and she can't talk. And Erica's dad passed away this past summer. So when Erica's dad passed away, Erica, Erica's mother, and Erica's siblings all became outside of the care system. So the way it works in the tribes is that if you, if your spouse, if your husband dies, you have to connect to another man in order to be able to have care for. So she would have to attach to another male who would be then be able to care for her. But no one wanted to attach to her because to attach to the mother meant that you now had the responsibility of caring for Erica. So the tribe got together 
and they decided that it was in the best interest of the tribe, and it was in the best interest of Erica's mother, and it was in the best interest of Erica's siblings to kill Erica. So they, they chained her to a tree because the, the way that they would kill her was to let her starve to death. And so somebody sent us a video of Erica chained to a tree, screaming, and people just walking by because it, it was the decision of the tribe. It was normal. And they sent us the video and asked us to help her. And you'll be glad to know, as disturbing as that is, is we were able to get one of our missionaries to Erica, to the tribal leaders, get them to give us position of Erica. And Erica is now in one of our orphanages and is happy and well and safe. But that's the culture of how Erica and how things work when you move outside the care system. And so that's, to me, I say we, we, we have a biblical command, but when, when you hear Erica's story, you realize we have a practical demand because they don't have a way to, to care for um, orphans and, and widows. And so we're able to step in and to be able to provide the care uh, that we would want uh, to receive and that we would want our children and our grandchildren to receive. And so um, when you hear stories like that, um, those are the ones that push us and drive us to, to work every day to, to help care for uh, the orphans. Well, that's, that's unbelievable. I got a tear rather than my cheek. I'm a crier, so that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I, and I think about in, in our own experience, we told the story about our daughter, uh, Mia, and how she was actually thrown away and, and thrown into a dumpster. And that was how she ended up in our family uh, through that command to care for the widows and the orphans. Um, and so I think about the numbers of children that this impacts and the numbers of orphanages now that Live 2540 is connected with. Uh, how, how are y'all moving forward uh, with the missionaries on the ground and connecting the work that's being done here in the States with what's being done over there uh, so that we hear fewer and fewer of stories like Erica's? So we started, so Live 2540, we started as a food drop ministry, and so I don't know if that's a term that you're familiar with. There are a lot of mission organizations that do food drops. So we started with literally dropping food into the country, and then it would go to the one orphanage that we started caring for and started working to build up. And so we used to literally would take bags of rice and beans and tape it up together and label it and ship it to Liberia. Uh, and then we began to realize that a lot of the food that we were packing and shipping weren't getting where it needed to go for lots of variety of reasons. And so uh, we shifted how we do the food drop, but we still do food drop ministry. So we still serve uh, 1,200 orphans, three meals a day, every day. So at the end of every month, we're coming up on this week, the last week of every month, 
uh, food will go out to all of the orphanages that we serve that will give them the food they need for the next month. And so uh, we still do that. However, we're only reaching, in the food drop ministry, we're only reaching 1,200 children, which is great, don't get me wrong, but our goal is to end malnutrition. So about five years ago, we began to partner with one of the medical hospitals or the medical hospital that's in Liberia in Monrovia and it's the charitable hospital that has the malnutrition clinic that we were able to partner with and so we began a partnership with them we met one of the lead doctors there who was a missionary doctor and he began to share with us that the greatest way to make impact is through health care and so we began to provide them. They had discovered, at least with the digestive system of those children in Liberia, kind of a really good formula to be able to bring them from literally hours away from dying to, to restored health. And so we began to provide them all of the food and the nutrient milk uh, that they needed. And so that charitable hospital serves almost 20,000 children a year that we're able to restore back into health. And so from, for the most part, Live 2540 is the main provider of all of the food and, and nutrients that serves those 20,000 children. Um, but as that ministry kind of grew over the last couple of years, uh, the reality became that we needed to expand that. So the main doctor that's at the hospital in Monrovia asked us if we would be willing, the greatest need was to build another hospital. So in the bush of Liberia, we are currently, that's our project, we are currently building a new charitable hospital that is going to provide health care for an entirely new population group. The bush of Liberia, this is another thing that's hard for us for context, 88% of Liberia has no power. So there's no power grid. Uh, so we are building a hospital in a part of the world that has never had access to any type of medical care. Now we're doing that in a very kind of, I mean, we're doing that through solar panels and generators. So we have all of that that's in country and already in the process of being put together and built. We expect the hospital to be opened up in I would say June, because that's what we've been projecting, but it will never be June. Uh, it will probably be like September uh, before it opens. Um, but as we have been building this hospital, we have already seen 11,000 patients, and we're just putting the roof and the solar panels up. So when they begin to hear that there's actually a doctor, they are bringing their children already to us. And so our main project at this moment is to to finish this hospital and then what we project will be is that we will see 30,000 patients and 20,000 of those will be severely to moderately malnourished children and my goal is to save every one of them on your cards that you laid on your seat let me get y'all to pull those up because I, I think this is important for us to see I want y'all to meet lucky boy Lucky Boy is on the left. This is how we, f we found him. Um, the, when we were at, some of our team was down at the end of September, the early part of October. Somebody brought Lucky Boy to us and said, can you help him? Just like Erica, he was hours away from dying. 
And so they said, can you help him? It was just a matter of getting him transported to the hospital that's in Monrovia. We treated him with the treatment that they have discovered. And you see the picture of Lucky Boy on the right. That was three weeks. Three weeks from near death to restored health. Lucky today is just like you would want every child or grandchild that you have to be. Um, and we see 20,000 of them in the course of a year at the hospital in Monrovia, and now we're gonna see 20,000 of them at the hospital that we're building in the bush. And I believe that we can save every one of them. And how we do it is because of, again, this is a, the way that we understand healthcare is the way that we live it here. Healthcare in, in Liberia is different. So to restore Lucky Boy to health, meaning every bit of food, every doctor, the expenses for the hospital, typically Lucky Boy is gonna come into the hospital, he's either gonna have uh, pneumonia, he's gonna have malaria, he's gonna have tuberculosis, he's gonna have something else. So to treat him of all of those things and restore him to health costs $15. $15, not $15 a day, $15 saves a kid's life. And so I believe that we can save all 20,000 of them if we collectively use the resources that God has given us to be able to make sure that children have what they need to be able to live. And I think about those 20,000 kids who aren't going to make it to 2024 if we don't do what we believe God is calling us to do uh, as a church. I, th I think of it very practically. I came down at the end of the day, at the end of the service, I'm going to go to lunch. Where are we going to lunch? Huey, what? Huey, what? Huey Louie's. Okay, going to Huey Louie's. All right, so I know what my family eats. We're probably going to spend 30 to $40 just going to lunch, right? And so that's that's two to three kids that... Or that we can save. Now, am I still going to go to lunch? Absolutely. You can tell. I eat. But but it always gives me this, I, I kind of think things in $15 increments now to be able to think about what it is that that can save a child. We can do this. I mean, that's the thing that's amazing to me when I go around to talk to churches. I mean, I just want you to think about the families there in the room. If every family would just do $15 a month, you literally would save 40, 50 kids, 70 kids a month. You take that now to a year, thousand of kids are going to live and grow up and they're going to get to become parents and grandparents. And I mean, we can do this. And so that's how we do it is getting out sharing the message and collectively using the resources that God has blessed us with. I hope you know that you're blessed. You're blessed because God loves you, but you're also blessed just with the resources that you have and how do you use those. Paul tells us that we are to uh, clothe ourselves with compassion. As a way to godliness, we're to clothe ourselves with compassion. How do you do that? For me, I do it through Live 2540. Every month when that money goes out, 
Every day when I go out and talk to people, I am reminded of a God who loves me, and I'm reminded that God loves those children in Liberia, and I can, do, I can be a part to help save them. And so that's how we're going to do that collectively together is one child at a time, $15 per month. That's, that's stunning. And um, as you were getting ready to talk about Huey Louie's, I was thinking about how much money we were going to spend on lunch <laughs> today too. Yeah, I was like, wow, that, uh, that really means a lot. And of course, now that uh, most value meals at fast food restaurants are pushing the $15 uh, to get drinks and a fry or onion rings, if, uh, if it were. So uh, at Hope, we have, uh, one of the things I love about Hope Church is how Hope puts its uh, love into action. Uh, we, we talk regularly about how faith, hope, and love, and love is that motivating action that animates us for service in God's kingdom. So how can we at Hope uh, specifically get motivated to put our hope and love and faith into action so that people can can know about Jesus, be introduced to Jesus, and, and find their love and their faith for him fueled. And you, and you said the great point. So one thing to know is the gospel of Jesus Christ in Liberia is not shared in the church. It's not that it isn't, but the church is an extremely corrupt organization in Liberia. So the gospel in Liberia is shared in the hospitals. And those, that's an extremely important thing to realize is the staff that we already have hired at the hospital and the staff that's working at the charitable hospital in Monrovia, the nurses are praying with the children. The nurses are praying with these families. We're seeing salvation stories all the time where people are coming in. And can you imagine you're praying for your child to be saved and then you go to the hospital and somebody prays with you and they're able to connect that to Jesus? The clinic itself is going to be called the Jesus Loves Me Clinic. So every time they go to it, they're literally being reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's an important part to realize the other part of the hospital is that's where uh, the gospel is being shared. So, But what can you do? One is just listening to the story, being aware, keeping your eyes open and realizing that there are people who live in an entirely different culture in a way than we do. And then once you're aware of it, do something about it. So one is every time you see a love shirt, and I thought about stripping my shirt off, but I'm not sure that would be really good on stage. So every time you wear a love t-shirt, <laughs> every shirt saves a life. So when you buy, if you bought, somebody earlier came and bought four shirts, that is four children who you just saved. So if you already have a shirt, you can go buy another shirt today and you can say, I'm going to save a child that way. Um, the greatest way to help as a church is to fill these cards out and be willing to help and come alongside and partner. You've got it in here where you can save two kids a month, three kids a month, four kids a month, whatever that is that would work for you. We've got some baskets that are out there. You can just drop this by. And there's also, if you're not comfortable putting your card information in here, you can go home and do that on the website, 20and23.org. Um, the reason for that website is 20,000 children in 2023. And so that is our goal. And so you can go to that to be able to sponsor as well. Uh, so you can drop these off, and then we'll take care of it from there. Uh, if you have a group, an organization that you're a part of that you say, hey, come and talk to us, that's what I do on a daily basis is go out and help share. So if you can connect us, that's another way that you can be able to help. 
some of you work in companies and organizations that have access to charitable giving. Ask that question and find out if it's something that you're able to connect to. We have people that have connected us to their, chari their, their company and we're able to do charitable giving through them. So there's lots of ways that you can be able to connect if you just keep your eyes open for opportunities to be able. Now that you know their story and you have been introduced to Erica and so many others that are just like her, just like he said, live it out. And so that's the whole purpose of Live 2540 is find a way to get involved. Collectively as a group, we can do so much more, make so much more impact um, if we will just simply work and give of our resources in a capacity that can help literally change people's lives. So you've talked about ways we can put skin on the bone, so to speak, literally by helping to feed children and get them the medical care that they need. Uh, and you've painted some brilliant pictures. Uh, don't we have a video that kind of puts some... We do. So uh, we have a video. It's just a couple of minutes for y'all to just kind of get a little bit better feel uh, of what we're doing with Live 2540. So y'all check that out. And as you're watching it, if you want to fill out these cards while you're doing it, that would be a great time. So y'all check out this video. For La Pura and really important country, the children are facing serious problems with their health, especially when it comes to malaria. Malaria, anemia, and pneumonia. Malnutrition too is one of the things because most of the communities don't have clinics. And even if clinic, clinics are there, they don't have the, the child, parents don't have money to pay for their treatments. is four and a half to five hours drive in a taxi from um, where we are to ELWA hospital and the transportation is expensive it's not always reliable right now we have a little two-year-old boy surprise he is very malnourished and we have been trying to encourage the mom to carry him to the program at our hospital there for malnourished children but some of the problems that she has is she's a single mom. She doesn't have anyone to look after her kids. While she goes, she doesn't have the money for transport and then she would be in the hospital for a couple of weeks. So there is just, she's just not able to do it. So we've been working in Vaughan County uh, since 2008. It's a, it's a highly impoverished area. Uh, it's densely populated, and there's very little access uh, to health care there. Uh, so the time has come uh, for us uh, to, to offer a solution to that problem. And that solution is building a clinic. Uh, that solution is supplying a clinic uh, with, with medicines that are needed. Um, and that solution is staffing uh, this clinic uh, with the proper personnel. 
doctors, PAs, nurses, um, that is the answer uh, for many. The name of our medical clinic will be the Jesus Loves Me Children's Medical Clinic. Imagine children who are sick on the way to seek help and someone says, where are you going? And they say, I'm going to Jesus Loves Me. The heart behind everything that we do is to show the love of Jesus Christ by taking care of the physical needs of children that, that would have been left unmet. going to have a prayer. The lucky boy, when he was brought to us, the reason that he was not going to be able to get to the hospital in Monrovia was because his mother had a lot of children that she needed to care for in the transportation to get him to the hospital was gonna cost $10. And she just didn't have that. That's just hard for me to imagine. It's not judgment, it's just the reality that they live in a different world than we live in. We can do something about it. I tell people in churches, I mean, you know, we, we make prayer of the Lord's prayer for the kingdom of God to come and God's will to be done. When we pray that, we are praying for God's kingdom. And anything that is not of God's kingdom that we are to work against. And we have the ability to take a stand today and say that, that this is not the way God desires for children to die when we know the very reason we know the cure this is not like diseases that we don't know the cure of the cure for malnutrition is food 15 dollars can save a kid's life today would y'all pray with me Most gracious God, we come in this moment as your church. May your Holy Spirit move in this room. I know the resistance that some can have because I've been that person. But I also know, God, that you're stronger than anything. You're stronger than the resistance that's within us. And so I pray for your spirit to move and your power to be made known. I pray, Lord, for the children. And their moms, their dads, 
who are praying for an answer, praying for a cure. May we be a part of that. May today we literally be the answer to someone's prayer. May our gifts, our resources, the instruments that you're able to use, so not only that they are renewed to health, but that they are restored in their hope of you, a God who loves them. I pray, Lord, that you pour your blessings on Bond County, Liberia. And may we be a part of that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.